Hey everybody, this is Daryl with AfterBuzz TV. I was recently looking to buy a car and thought to myself, there has to be a better way. It's such a stressful process. That's when my friend told me about a new way to buy a car. It's called TrueCar.com. At TrueCar.com, you can actually see what others pay for the car you're looking for in your area so you know when you're getting a great price. Because at TrueCar.com, you get a savings certificate, and you just take that savings certificate to a TrueCar.com certified dealer so you don't need to worry about the hassle and anxiety of the old way to buy a car. And TrueCar.com users save an average of $3,000 off the MSRP. So seriously, if you're ready to buy a car, why wouldn't you go to TrueCar.com? Negotiation-free guaranteed savings, a hassle-free experience, and a true car certified dealer that is committed to a new and better way to buy a car. Come on, save time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Parenthood After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Parenthood After Show. Welcome, welcome, everybody, back to Parenthood. We are here doing Season 5, Episode 17, Limbo. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini. Yes, I am engineering from the booth today. But if you're listening in iTunes, it really doesn't matter. Um, with me, I have my two beautiful co-hosts. Go on and introduce yourselves. I'm Danica Kennedy. And I'm Elena Jordan. Welcome back, ladies. Okay, this episode... Craziness. What did you think of it overall? What were your overall thoughts for it? I really liked that the Parenthood writer gods heard Elena's request to have more scenes yes. with Drew and Amber together. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to pretend like that was all my doing. All, yes. <laughs> yes. It was all because was. of you. They the heard. past three episodes, there's been a lot of Amber, Drew they have great scenes. Chemistry and they're together awesome. On camera. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, we had... Sorry, I'm pulling double duty here. Um, we had some nice uh, scenes with a lot of siblings. I, I felt like it was a lot of one-on-one scenes with each other. And it, you know, crazy episode. Let's just get started with Amber and Andrew being all uh, brotherly and sisterly. Um, what did you think of them? Some just sibling like, bonding. Oh, yeah. Lots of sibling bonding time together. What did you think of them just like going over all their relationship problems and just dealing with life i I just love love their dynamic yeah anytime they're on screen together it's just awesome especially since we know that they're roommates in real life yeah Yeah. that makes it so much better for some reason i also loved how they they wrote that scene how they were just venting about their problems but not really you Mm -hmm. know saying thing anything about each other's problems or listening they're just not really yelling You need that sometimes. I I agree. And so pretty much Drew is having problems back at college with his roommate, Berto, and Natalie. Okay, so we start the episode, Drew's reading this, what seems like a depressing kind of book, but it makes him kind of miss Natalie. He's looking at 
pictures of her on her phone. She he decides to go over to her dorm, and who else is actually there? Birdo. 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 Who I'm not the biggest fan of. I'm not the say. biggest fan of Natalie either. I'm like yeah. the two of you. Do whatever. Go away. Slutty girls, college kids. Go. They should have sex with each other. Go. You know. Yeah. Do whatever you do want. Do your thing. Uh, and and you know what. And Drew wasn't happy about it. He seemed jealous. Yeah. Well, Amy was living with him for almost a month, which was really weird. Which so Birdo I can see brought up. And when Natalie from, comes over and confronts him, she brings up the same thing. Like that was yeah. almost a month long. So I kind of get where they're coming from. But I'm yeah. also like, but you guys are disgusting. To, yeah, talk to him first. Dirty. These people have severe problems with communication. And that does not go over well with a Braverman. Yeah, you know what? I feel like some of them do. Some of the Bravermans have really good communications, and some of them don't. And some of them who actually do have good communication, their message gets all misconstrued, and the whole phone tree happens, and then we'll get to that. But uh, so, yep, Burrow's sleeping with Natalie. Natalie brings up a good point that, like, hey, you had your girlfriend here for a month. You're in and out. We don't know where they stand with their relationship. I thought Natalie was gone. But, yeah, she's still here. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, think she's gross. I think she's so gross. Birdo's so gross, too. When she walks in and he's like, oh, Drew's bummed out, so I'm going to have to pass. Oh, like, yeah. Gross. Everything everything he says. I'm just like, you were disgusting. And Natalie, you were gross to begin with. But now that you're having anything to do with him. It made me think that Natalie was grosser. Yeah. That she slept with him, too. I was kind of like, ooh. Yeah. Negative points for you. Um, Done. I, th- I think the thing with Berto is just he, he likes everything that Drew has. And we find out that Drew, he's been borrowing everything of Drew's and like, doesn't realize those boundaries between roommates and stuff. And then Drew, he gets upset and he's the more passive aggressive kind of thing. But he does point it out that, dude, it's of all the people to sleep with, why Natalie, you know, mm-hmm. I was kind of with her first. And I can understand where Drew got upset with that. I say Good don't thing. fuck your friends. Like your yeah. friends, <laughs> your friends' friends or your best friends or your roommates' exes. You know, that's There's kind of just an unspoken off- rule. Exes limits. are off the table. It's, it's that roommates. like bro code. There could kinda. be, yeah. but I wouldn't really call them bros. Every once yet. in a while, maybe. It doesn't but matter as an if overall they're bros or rule. not. They live together. Yeah, I th- I think Drew should just go to an RA and say, "Hey, who can I talk to about switching roommates? Maybe he should, he well, needs a better roommate. He now has a better roommate, though. Ultimately, at yeah. the end of the. Uh, Episode he ends up saying he's going to move in with Amber. I think, and I think that's smart because that's the perfect. How solution. can Amber afford that apartment all by herself? It may, it makes me question that. Does she really get that paid that much at the luncheon? It I don't think. It's so. not that it. great of an apartment though. They always talk about how it's in a bad neighborhood. No, Even she leaves yeah, the door true. open all the time in this. Yeah. Well, I mean, L.A., San Francisco, New York, you can pay a lot of money for a really shitty that's apartment, true. pretty yeah. much. I, that's I agree. True. But, you know, I am glad that uh, Drew is moving out and he's going to move in with Amber. That's I think that's a safer choice. Yeah, he might be in a shady area, but at least he's with family and, and his sister, who will always be there for her. So, uh, yep, I mean, that was really... And then they, they get together and they're... You know, just going over their life problems and relationships and they end up getting stoned and drinking and yeah, stuff. Yeah, while that dealing was... with those problems, I mean, they might as well. 
I loved that scene. I that just was thought my it was weird scene. that Amber's thing. randomly like, and surprise, I have a baggie of weed in my freezer. Like, they would make her the stoner, though, out but of everyone. But he didn't everyone. see that when he got the ice cream. Like, he was just like, what? Where did this weed come from? Like, you were just in the freezer. It's a small freezer. Okay, is that a thing <laughs> to keep weed in the freezer? I, because that's news to me, and I feel like I would be pretty aware of that if that was a thing. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I don't would. Know. Honestly, I thought they were just smoking regular cigarettes. Cigarettes, and then I found that like I'm like they're acting a little bit more drunk, and then I saw the alcohol. Okay, maybe they're just drunk, but it, I guess they were stoned because they were eating ice cream. Once I but, saw the ice cream, I kind of knew that they were really, really they were, stoned. Well, they were messed up enough that they had to take a cab, or they're like, oh, we have to make sure they're yeah, they're yeah. responsible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that they took a cab to the that is good the family to function. the yeah family dinner. I mean, we'll get there. But, uh, I yeah, like so aunts and well, Amber had problems with drinking and driving yeah. before, too. So that was good that they she were like, let's safe. make sure that this isn't an issue. Yeah, and I thought that was good that, uh, very smart on there. It was like, Amber's already had that problem before. They can't go, and I'm glad they, they didn't drive themselves because they were in no more, state yeah. to drive. Yeah. We do not condone drunk driving. No. But we do condone another show. Uh, at the, Maria Menounos, our great creator, executive producer of AfterBuzz. She has a new reality show coming out. And you know what? We're going to hear a little bit about her. So let's go to it. Tuesdays on Oxygen. I'm Maria Menounos, and my life can get a little crazy. I host Extra. I'm an actor, producer, dancer, wrestler, and a lot of other things. I live with Kevin, my boyfriend of 15 years. Do you really love me? I would say that I'm in serious like. And my parents. Yep. I just said I live with my parents. You drive me crazy. You drive me crazy. My parents want us to get married. You both love each other. Get married. Kevin and I don't. I am going to get married when I want to get married. I think I want kids. Kevin definitely doesn't want them now. This is being pushed on to us. And of course, my parents wanted them yesterday. This year, you got to have it. And I have a house full of people counting on me financially. If I take my eye off the ball, everything can fall apart. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or wants us to do. It's what we want to do. Everyone things that they know what's best for me but i'm really the only one i have got to figure things out chasing maria menounos is so new every tuesday at 10 9 central starting march 18 only on oxygen Yes, yes, great new show that's coming out on Oxygen, March 18th. Definitely check it out because you're going to see AfterBuzz on one of those shows. So, you know, it, just keep it within the family. And also, if you please go on to iTunes and YouTube, just please rate, download, comment about this awesome Parenthood After Show. Tell us what you love. Tell us what you d- don't love. And tell us what you love about these Bravermans because we sure love this family. We keep coming back every week. Craziness. I mean, this episode was pretty crazy with family. So, uh, but you know what? Let's talk about um, Sarah. Sarah and Max. Max was acting a little bit crazy tonight. What did you think of Max just barging into the the um, Hank's studio and just demanding to be on the computer and Typical using that? Typical Max. Max being Max. Typical Max. Yes, it's it was. nothing new. I don't think Sarah is the best at handling those situations no. and the best parent. Even uh, we were talking about the stoner segment of the uh, episode a little bit earlier, and we'll jump into the dinner, but there's just this one part where they call out the two kids on <laughs> being two. stoned, and the aunts and uncles are like, of course Sarah's kids would be the ones that are stoned at dinner. Uh- 
I thought that was funny. Okay, you know what? I actually thought Sarah handled the situation for what it was very well, very adult, very responsible. Like, um, she was trying to be civil, be like, hey, I have this big project. I need this computer right now. And the way Max was acting up in his typical Max ways. But she, she handled the situations like, I will drive you home because right now I need to work at, on my project. And then she, like, Max goes running back home and Max just storms off. But again, it was Christina that kind of t- turned it on Sarah. Be like, uh, she just dropped him off abruptly and I was expecting her to apologize, which I don't think so. I think Sarah, she handled it responsibly. I think... Had she been a little bit more responsible and actually talked to Christina up front, being like, this is what Max did, instead of just walking away being like, that's your problem now, Christina, it's not mine, just dropping him off back at home, I think that would have been handled better had she done that. I think that there's too many spoiled brat children in the world, and people do need to say no to their kids way more often. So the fact that Sarah was like, no, you can't do this right now, there's other people in the world besides you and you're not the center of attention, I think that was like... A good, he could have potentially ruined mid. what she was doing. He just stuck his memory card in the thing yeah. and it totally wiped out what she was working yeah, on. Yeah, he's so rude and the world revolves around him cool, and his Max. mind. And life's not like that. You're going to have a tough reality break if you think it's like that when you're 14 years old. I was surprised that Christina was acting the way that she was. I thought Christina would be a little bit more understanding instead of wanting to attack Sarah, basically. You know what, I I wasn't that surprised that Christina would side with her child who's autistic. So we got to always consider that, um, put that into consideration because it is his, Max's tendencies to always just like overpower everything and just want to do what he wants and no one else. And then he said the line, you're being so selfish when clearly Sarah wasn't. She was being responsible. She has a job Mm -hmm. to do. She's on a deadline. And, but I think it was really simple or typical of Christina to not understand the full picture. And I've always, I think Christina's always on the defense for Max. And that's her thing because people are going to be out for Max, even if it is family saying well, it was Max's great fault. line too, where she's like, you know, I finally have a place of business. You would think my family would respect that, that it's taken me this long. And now I finally have a workspace, but way yeah. to go Hank. For- yeah. For making her see the other side of the coin. That was a surprising revelation. I mean, I didn't think of it by like that, but I love how Hank brought that up. And he he made us think about the different, the other side. He was Stormy kind of the devil. He really that. sees the other side yeah. of the picture and relates yeah. to Max more than anyone else. I think he's always going to kind of side with Max in mm-hmm. all the issues because he is like, he realizes that Max is like a baby him, I think. Yeah. A miniature Hank. Mini Hank. <laughs> Mini Hank. Even to down to getting in fights with Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. What do you guys think of Hank and Sarah's relationship right now? Because the preview for next week, I was like, mm. It's mm. the whole season. They've been setting it up like, oh, they should be together. They should be. They should I don't not like be them together. together. Yeah, I, I don't, don't like them want together. them to be together. I think that it's like... I don't think they should be together because we've already seen them together and that didn't really work work out out. well. And then when it doesn't work out from the beginning, it's probably good chances it's not going to work out in the end. So I I like the professional relationship together. They can actually be civil and work together and work on fun, creative projects. I mean, Sarah's enjoying it. She's getting her work done. 
um, Hank's enjoying it because that's his career. And so I think they have a nice mutual relationship when it comes to business and professionalism. I think that's where it should stay. But yeah. will it last? Probably I don't not. know. We'll see. <laughs> we, yeah, we shall see. But in, in the end of that, uh, because it all leads up to this big fight that we'll also get to. Uh, but at the end, Sarah does realize um, if Max wants to use the printer, I will rent out the printer for another week. He can use it next week, but I can use it this week for my stuff. So I think that was good. Very adult move on Sarah's part because in the end, Max is still a kid. Mm-hmm. He still has autism. You're still going to have to find that compromise with um, with Max. But I think that it's interesting that she had to pay extra money to rent that printer and assumingly the paper, the ink, all the other things, and Max is just using it anyway. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think Adam should have, I think Adam should have stepped in a little bit more than he did, but. Well, I don't think Sarah handled it well with Christina and Adam. Right. So it was a gesture to kind of make up for it. She tried to make up for it with, uh renting the printer for another mm-hmm. week, which I thought was, you know, very adult-like. And then it Max works. is like, oh, I'm all booked up next week. Sorry. Well, Max still doesn't Rude. understand <laughs> the, the... Exactly. But yeah, how the seriousness of it. Money that requires and how thoughtful that was. Yeah, it, it was thoughtful, but it, it was really it was Sarah, Sarah being yeah. the adult in the situation. And which I don't think she would have done if it wasn't for Hank. Well, so. especially because she called them out on never saying no to their kid. That was kind of like, you don't know how to that be a parent. Big. And then yeah. they were like, well, you don't know how to be then a parent because their kids are stoners. You know, they all heads. start accusing each other's parenting style. That Yeah, that and then that, that causes serious tension. I mean, they were. I felt like they were right and wrong on some points. That yes, the time and place, Adam, people. Yeah, that was wrong too. But like Adam and Christina, because they have an autistic child, and I don't know what that's like. I mean, I can imagine that's difficult for parents who has to um, deal with that with their children who have autism. So I can't really speak on that behalf. But I know it's got to be difficult, and they do have to sometimes just give in to Max and just make him happy, even if it does affect other people. I mean. It's easier said than done, just setting, saying no, but not with Max, who who can't handle that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then that I can crumble. Yeah, but then and then you know Adam just getting back at her, being like, "Well, look at your kids; they're all adult and being stoned. Then how is that responsible parenting?" So it was just like the little jabs <laughs> at each other that Adam just was kind of thrown under the bus a couple times, though, going into uh, how he. Became the replacement. Yes, and we'll and get no. Yes, so um, per, perfect segue. Um, so, uh, Jasmine's mom. Sorry, I'm blinking on Renee. Renee. Renee, thank you. Renee comes back and she's telling Jasmine and Crosby, "Oh, Aida needs a baptism because her soul is in danger." <laughs> and very, very religious. I mean, nothing wrong with baptism. I'm baptized. So. Uh, they want a baptism for Aida. And I can understand Jasmine and Crosby's hesitation not to have one because we did have a episode previously earlier in this, like, last season, or I think, or something, or two seasons ago, about religion and one. I'm, you can, that Crosby's not very religious, but Jasmine's family is, and Jasmine is. So we, but they want a baptism for Aida. And, but... You know, at baptisms, you need 
godparents to be present. I mean, are are you guys godparents in any no. way? They might, no. 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 People know way too know way better than to us <laughs> in charge of their children. You. Okay. That, uh, well, are you? Yes, I only ask that are because you? I Aww. am twice. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, for two different people. So I know what that's like to be asked by someone from by two different people. So like I feel honored and then yes I would be upset if they took that away from me. And Adam well so really Joel was Joel and Julia were the original godparents to Aida. But because they're separated now, they think it'd be more fitting to have stable people to be the god godparents. I mean, when it comes to religion, I can understand you want more st- stability in a kid's life like that. So uh, Crosby makes the unfortunate decision to go to uh, Joel, be like, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to revoke your godfather title. And Joel was like very understanding. Well, it I was, felt you bad for him. You can tell he was too. sad. You can yeah. tell he was sad when he said, "No, I don't, I don't, I don't need to be the Godfather." But like, you could just see that it was, you know, he could. He was watching pieces of this family that he had yeah. created with Julia, yeah, go away. So I mean, his his heart was a little broken, and he even said it himself later on when he was like, "This wasn't my fight. There, there's nothing I could do about it. I was asked." To sit out, that has to hurt. Yeah. It does suck. Do do you think he was right? Because I I feel like Joel, you know, being still being a godfather, that was his attachment, still another attachment to this family. But then when you cut that out, that's just another cutoff Mm -hmm. from the Braverman family. That that pushes him away a little bit more. That happens, though. Like, when families, you know, parents break up, but then there's all the other people in the family that are connected, Mm -hmm. and they don't really think about that right away. And then once the breakup sets in, it's like, oh, there's a baptism. And, you know, it's not, like, weeks in advance, like, oh, maybe we'll work it out. It was, like, that Sunday. And that's another reason why he had to approach him, I think. Well, Renee really was the one... Renee flat out said, "I think if it was he's like got a later foot out the door, he, he can't be it. Godfather anymore." Which yeah. at that point, you're just gonna be like, "Look, Grandma, <laughs> calm down. We're the parents of this kid. We'll we'll take care of that. Don't worry about it." Yeah, but Ren- Renee's the very religious, has to have it by the book kind of. We have to have stable parents, stable godparents, stable family. But the and thing about which I understand, but the thing about godparents is that if something happened to Jasmine and to Crosby, then Aida would go to the godparents and they would raise him. But that's two it's different not- families. Adam and you know, and Julia, they Yeah. I did thought it was weird that Christina wasn't like same blood why blood. am I not godmother? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was expecting her to ask, like, why am I not the godmother when he was over there asking mm. him? But luckily she didn't because she was already pissed off enough in this episode. <laughs> that would have <laughs> been way worse. But I think it worked out fine in the end. I mean, it was hilarious at that dinner, though. They had this oh. big family dinner. Goodness me Camille out. and Renee both wanted this brunch to be at their house and how do you feel about them kind of button heads yeah they were well kind of Camille I think it almost made her reevaluate the house you could kind of see when they were like well you've got so much going on you're selling the house this isn't going to be the home base anymore Mm -hmm. 
And then and she, she was, was kind of like, like wait, wait a minute. So so no one comes to me anymore. <laughs> I'm going to have to go visit all my kids at other places. There's no home base. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that was really, really smart of Crosby to kind of plant that seed of it mm-hmm. and be like, um, you know what? You're kind of you kind of brought that on yourself. And Renee's going to take care of the the brunch that they were going to have. Mm-hmm. And then you can see Camille get competitive, be like, well, if she's going to have brunch, I'm going to have I'm going to have a dinner. dinner. So and then I will cook. The door. I will cook for all of you. I love doing it. And I'm kind of offended that you didn't ask me first, you know? The dinner was hilarious, all about though. compromises almost to an absurd degree, though. Like, that's how they settle on the compromise. But then Sarah's like, this family, when she gets the notification, she's like, now there's a dinner. There's a brunch. There's the baptism. Now there's a dinner. Then there's going to be something else because that's just what we do. I thought oh, it was, was going to be a way more dramatic dinner with Jasmine's whole family and all the uh, Bravermans, but it ended up just being, you know, the four older siblings arguing at the dinner table and then Jasmine's <laughs> whole family completely silent. By the way, that baby is not half black. That oh, is she's the Aida. whitest baby I have ever baby seen. Baby Aida is the pastiest baby I've ever <laughs> that seen. Is, I've Aida never does seen not a whiter baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. The, it's a very, very white baby. I noticed that too. But the, <laughs> the, fam- the family <laughs> dinner, not your typical brave, Braverman dinner, because I feel like all the family dinners that we see, they're usually happy or they're talking about something serious. But they're, Stone, drunk, this was arguing. so, it's an anxious, this was stressful. So, a non uh, unconventional parenthood dinner. They're all fighting at each other like little kids. It's like having the in-laws over, having Jasmine's family over was like an added stress upon all the other drama that was going on. They were being really passive-aggressive to all the kids. You know, Adam, well, oh, I guess I'm just not a good parent because Sarah says I'm not. And Christina's, look at her kids. Her kids are stoned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just back and forth. Uh, yeah, all those digs that, uh, you know, um, say. Uh, let's see, Sarah's not married, so they didn't ask her to be a, a godmother. And then Joel and Julia aren't really together anymore, so he can, she can't be, or, like, Joel can't be um, godparents. And then, uh, you know, just the parenting problems and the, being the runner-up. Poor Adam, being the, the runner-up. The fill-in. That was, like, just Well, that was news dig. to Adam, but the biggest news was to Sarah that she's the only one after months of all the other kids knowing about the that house. Didn't know this is all. the first time Sarah finds out that they're selling the home that she lived in. She started freaking out, Just a out few months too. prior, yeah. too. Yeah, she lived in the shed. She lived there the most recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's, well, technically, Je- Jasmine and Crosby were oh, the last ones to live there. Well, but they have their own too. home. They're yeah. just over they weren't there. They were living, for living there. I can understand Sarah's frustration that she was the last one to know. Especially Sarah doesn't all... know how this is going to work out. She no. might have to move back with her family, you know? Like, this is her first time really out on her own. Now she has nowhere to go. Sarah still has her apartment. Yeah, but I'm saying yeah. if that doesn't work out, you uh, know, she's she because she's doing that because she's the super. 
Mm-hmm. And then she just broke up with a tenant that she was sleeping with. That's mm-hmm. probably not great. Well, this is the year of the Sarah. So if that did happen, year I feel Sarah. like Sarah could still Sarah. pick herself up and go to another place. I hope so. so I, feel, I feel like she's more responsible and more stable but now. But she still had to have that so. panic of that. But oh, what yeah. if something goes wrong? Where do I go? Well, I, I'm glad that she had that panic because we saw the reactions from the other siblings when they found out individually now. So I, And I thought it was cool how for this big storyline all of them found out on their own mm-hmm. instead of one sit down like when parents sit down with their their kids and to say something really important and stuff like that and discuss something like as big as selling their house I thought it was interesting because they are all adults that they found out individually yeah which normally would be good but I think in this instance they needed to sit down because they forgot about Sarah um, so sad. Yeah, poor Sarah. But uh, and then so they during that whole big fight they realized you know Joel's not even there and then because earlier in the episode we see Julia upset that Joel's not the godparent mm-hmm. anymore calls up Joel and says hey, you're not even fighting for this you're not fighting to be with me you're not fighting to be part of this family then you know call me when you're you're ready to fight for us and I can understand Julia's problem with that I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm a godmother, but I'm not married, and I don't think you need to be married to be a godparent. Obviously, I'm in there. Yeah, exactly. You you have to be there. But Joel, Julia, their names are so like Julia makes a big deal out of it, but makes good good point that Joel just like didn't really do anything. But again, he says it's not his fault and it's not his fight. And Zeke realizes this whole thing and has. Then the um and I loved how Zeke just does this. He goes to Joel's apartment, that sad alone apartment, and uh, just really reassures him. Like I gave you to Julia, I believed in you then, and I still believe in you now. And Zeke, what did that you think, Zeke? Out of all so people good. to do this, well, just that line when he's like, "So, uh, what the hell are you doing?" Yeah, <laughs> he just stops. He's like, "Come on, man! Like, look around you. What do you? What's going on? Be a man." And it's not until that moment, I think, that Joel really, you know, that things really set in. He needed someone to say that to him. Mm-hmm, what the yeah. hell are you doing? And he look needed around you, Zeke. I think because Zeke is the perfect person. Oh yeah, because Crosby, Crosby is like a little version of Zeke. I think, and <laughs> you know, he's he's acted more like him but he kind of did the you know we want you to be a part of our family we consider you as part of the family i hope you work it out well and especially that helped, the whole wedding part where he was like i walked Zeke you came in down yeah, the aisle and when. approved of you to be my son and give my daughter off to you and now you're doing this like what the hell are you doing so now he's had two different members of her family approach him saying hey we want you to be part of the family what are you doing yeah, so. and I thought that was really good on Zeke, the the oldest, wisest person to to really bring his family even closer. And so we finally get to the baptism the next day, and everyone's there, happy and spirits. This is where everything fell apart at the family dinner, but everything's like coming back together at the baptism, which I I liked how they tied that up. And then we we actually see Joel come to Aida's baptism. And then we saw the the quick little look at each other, Joel and Julia. They cross eyes and stuff like that. And what do you think? Do you think that was the moment where 
they want to really work together and work out their marriage? I think because this show is so realistic, you know, they don't really have that one epiphany moment that a lot of scripted drama has where they look into each other's eyes and they go, oh, none of our problems matter anymore. Like, this is still definitely going to be More a storyline that yeah. gets dragged out that they really, you know, approach from different angles. But I think that definitely was a big step of him showing, hey, I am willing to fight for us, at least in a way that I can. Yeah, I th- I felt it's like baby steps for yeah. Joel. I mean, they're showing an effort. Oh yeah, there there's a big gap between them, but it's baby steps to get closer together. Even if it is well, it just showing Julia up, Julia know that he cares. Yeah, at a point, he cares about the family. He cares about mm-hmm. so by extension of the family, he cares about Julia, and the and poor the kids, um, Victor and um, Sydney. They're they're really affecting getting affected by this and they're i think in the previews we saw yeah this is really gonna go week. down bad yeah sydney's gonna lose so it sad. yeah but uh is, is there anything else of this awesome episode i mean it was really emotional i mean not like sad sad but just like heavy hard hitting a lot of yeah very intense that baptism scene was a beautiful scene but there was just this one shot we noticed where (sighs) baby's got her whole hand up her nose they show christina (laughs) and she's holding little nora and you just see like her whole finger is like gone (laughs) digging for gold and And it was like nobody noticed because it was such a good shot of christina of monica potter her hair looks fabulous and she's just like looking great in this church and then we're like wait, of course the only thing the I baby. see I'm like ooh mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, that gross baby on? the baby's so gross stop showing it go to anybody else there's so many people in the family stop showing it <laughs> well, I had to point that out though you, you can't really resist. control babies like that I mean I, just I thought it was funny that. they left the shot like I want to know if they noticed it was such a beautiful scene and then we're like oh yeah like, wow oh, come on baby uh, yeah so <laughs> I, uh, this episode was called Limbo so I think everything between uh, Joel and Julie is still in that state of limbo. We don't know if they're going to still get back together or not. So, But, you know, with that, let's get a prediction. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. All right. So we saw a, f- a few previews. And uh, so they, there might be a, an actual buyer for that the Braverman house and it's a it's an easy process uh, apparently and do you think Camille and Zeke will officially go through with it nope i, I don't hope think they, they are. don't i hope they don't i, I don't know. i hope not too because i think these past few episodes there were just like little things here that ties them still as a family and Camille's, like, slowly realizing it, like, with this dinner. She has to have a dinner to have the whole family together. And last week's episode, something happened, and all of them are together. And I I don't think Camille's going to go I don't think they're going to go through with it. I think they're going to almost sell it, and then something's going to happen, and she's going to have a gut feeling and be like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because where are they going to go? I just can't imagine any other place they could set up. And like we were saying, there would be no home base for the whole family to get together. And this family is very close and they love hanging out together. They're not going to all cram into one of the other kids' houses. We don't call them Team Braverman for nothing. Exactly. They have to have, you know, they can't be a team without no dugout. It it wouldn't be a Braverman without this uh, beautiful, awesome home. I mean, 
that is the Braverman. It's it's a character in and of itself. And mm-hmm. this is already the seventeenth episode of the season. They're still talking about it. And I just hope they wrap the story up pretty soon. And they might hopefully wrap it up with next week's episode. And so Joel and Julia, we still don't know where they're at, but the kids are affected. And Sydney, the little brat that she is, is seems like she's blaming Victor. Mm-hmm. And that's been, we, we've talked about, it was like Victor coming into the family and then and like everything started. Broke up everything. Kind of, well, we're not saying Victor is the problem, but that's when everything really just started falling apart. Well, the real issue was when she left her job from that point forward, even before they even got Victor, there were issues. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I feel like it's just Julia hasn't found her place with her not being a lawyer anymore. And I don't. I just. It makes me so sad that they even, you know, kind of hit that rough spot. But Zeke says it best, I think, when he says, "You hit a rough spot. You can't just give up." So. Yeah, little Victor. He can't feel like he's to blame for all the family no. crumbling down. No, poor Victor. And then you know, we didn't hear anything about the this charter school with Christina. And so hopefully maybe they'll pick that storyline back up for next week. And but in the meantime, and, you know, of course, we don't know what's going to happen with Sarah and Hank. Their relationship is in the preview. It looks like they rekindled their romance a little, which I'm not rooting for. Start to. Yeah. And then Hank's kind of like, what's it going to be? I can't always be here for you. Oh, it's gonna get, it's gonna get him. I feel like next week might get really, really emotional. For I just reason. really like the Sarah Love Triangle Extra. episode, so I'm excited oh, about yeah. next week. It's always interesting, but yeah. So in the meantime, where can we all follow you, Danica? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Danica Kennedy and Elena. You can follow me on Twitter at Elena Jordan. And if you're in Los Angeles, check me out March 22nd. I'll be performing at the Comedy Store on Sunset Strip. Awesome. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at TV. You can follow all of us here at AfterBuzzTV on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that fun jazz um, at AfterBuzzTV. Definitely check out Maria Menounos' Chasing, uh, Chasing, Chasing Maria, Maria. Menounos' uh, reality show airs March 18th. You'll see some familiar faces and definitely check it out. It looks like a really, really good show. I'm excited to to see it as I think all of us are and you know what we will see you next week from executive producers Maria Menounos Kevin Undergaro Phil Svitek and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.